Boski here, and right now, you're listening to the Matt Madness Podcast. They talking all of this madness, talking all of this madness, talking all of this madness. They talking Hello all everybody they and welcome back talking. to the Matt Madness Wrestling Podcast. I am your host, Ron Pashery. And with me this week are my good friends, Ek2Fly, Eric Trambicki, and Hello. Mr. Wednesday Night Live. We call him Alo, the ladies call him Balo, Aaron Lloyd. Uh, All In just took place last weekend. I know you guys both went, and I want to get your thoughts on the weekend. I just want to say very quickly, uh, before we get into it, this is the first time I have legitimately... Had fun sitting down watching a wrestling show in months. Like, there have been yep. times I've been sitting down watching a show with you guys having fun because I'm hanging out with you. Um, but this is the first time I've had fun watching an actual show in a long time. Uh, so that being said, uh, who wants to go first on explaining or giving their thoughts on attending All In Weekend? Well, it was a um, hell of a weekend. I wish I was still in Chicago. <laughs> um, I I thought after leaving WrestleMania this past uh, April, you know, New Orleans was cool. I don't necessarily ever need to go back. Chicago was great. I can't wait to go back. Um, the event from StarCast going on all weekend to... The epitome of indie wrestling with the all-in event <laughs> couldn't really get much more. I don't really know what my best friend's doing right now, um, <laughs> but yeah, it was a hell of a weekend, a hell of a show. Um, can't say much more. Yeah, Alo. Before you give your thoughts, real quick, in case the audio sounds different than you're used to, we're uh, all in Skype. Yeah, we are on Skype for the first time ever. Little uh, behind-the-scenes info that you guys... This is the director's commentary right now. <laughs> we have been recording our show every week at the office of the job that I hated, that I recently just left. So we're working on, uh, you know, the best way to record this going forward. So if it sounds any different, that's why. Um, and I forgot to mention, subscribe on iTunes, five-star ratings and reviews as well. They're a huge help to the show, so we appreciate it if you could take literally 60 to 90 seconds out of your day to leave a five-star rating and a review. Alo, what was your experience like in Chicago at All In Weekend? Well, for the full story of why you quit your job, uh-huh. that's you could, you, everybody could have subscribed to Ryan vs. The World. Excellent episode. It will change your life. Now, not, not in Chicago. Um, as we know... That I noted last week, I was going back and forth if I was going to be all in or not. So I ended up going, and it was a blast. You know, uh, we got to the hotel. We, we decided what we, what we want to do, and we decided to go sit down at the lobby bar because it was pretty late. We got we got <laughs> to our hotel maybe a little, little after ten o'clock. Right. <clears throat> so. Eric was just walking. You know, we all know how Eric walks. He power walks. With str- <laughs> like, just imagine Vince power walking. That's Eric walking. And me and Prep, like, 
oh, oh, snap, that's Brandy. And I'm like, wait, that's really Brandy. It's like, that's the first person we saw. And my God, Gorilla, Brandy in person, fantastic. But, and then after that, we get to the bar. Uh, I believe Nick, Matt Jackson comes. And then Marty comes, then Nick comes. And then I was sitting next to Tully Blanchard. <laughs> and I was like, and I was like, oh my God, that's really Tully Blanchard. And then Tessa comes. And then F- then SCU comes. And then Cody comes. And then uh, Jay Lethal comes. It, it was just like overwhelming. And like we didn't know what to do because like we were the only like non-wrestlers at the bar. And we didn't want to seem like Marks and really say anything. And then we, we bought Adam Page a beer. And he was living a gimmick with no, being barefoot, even in the whole house. <laughs> We uh, we rode the elevator with Britt Baker and Chelsea Green. Uh, I know I know Prep. He was in the elevator with Flip. Uh, I ran I ran into a friend of the show, Nick Aldis, right after the show, and um, I introduced myself. But I wasn't quite specific. And when I talked to him, I just said that, "Hey, my name is Aaron Lloyd. We spoke a few weeks ago. I didn't say from Matt Madness, so that might be a, a mistake on my part. But it was a really good time for, with, with the experience. Now the show as a whole was great everybody was there for them because a lot of times now you get these wwe shows where they're there just to boot and nothing else <laughs> right all in with the complete opposite like you really would have enjoyed the crowd because the crowd was completely respectful you wouldn't have wanted to kill anybody they were completely behind all these guys running the show and this is probably the like i can't compare this to wwe because wwe is a whole different thing and I keep trying. I always try to explain it to people, but this is probably the best event I've ever been to before. Pash, well, that's so high WWE, praise. Pash, at WWE events—they typically bring volleyballs and throw them all around. <laughs> they brought boxes of tissues, so when the waterworks came, everyone could dry <laughs> off. So that's what I saw floating around in the crowd was tissue boxes. Tissue boxes, yes, rectangular <laughs> and square. <laughs> um, so I obviously watched from home. And there are definitely moments when I was envious that you guys were in the arena, and I wasn't. Um, but there's one other little detail that I, that I want to mention that I think people may not be... I don't know if people are talking about it or if people are realizing it, but you guys both remember the, the promo Cody and all this did at the Go Home ROH show. Yes. Yeah. Um, and one thing Aldis said was, I think Cody might have said something to him like, why don't we do this right now? And Aldis said, because when we do this, it's going to be on pay-per-view. And he said it another time. He mentioned people can watch this on pay-per-view. I think the idea that this was on pay-per-view and you had to actually go on your TV and buy it or go on the Fight app and buy it, I think made it feel more important. And I think the network has inadvertently kind of ruined the monthly pay-per-view as a big event because you just pay the network fee every month and you could just watch it just because. You could watch it the next morning, you could watch it three days later. I think the idea of getting a bunch of people together to help chip in for the pay-per-view or the idea of having to actually say, you know what, this is worth my money, I'm going to hand it over, I think made it feel more important. And it, I think that's part of why I got more enjoyment out of it because it felt like an event. Do you guys kind of agree with that? 
I can agree with that. Now to take my take myself out of my own shoes, being that I was there live in attendance, I knew people who, like I knew you, were watching it from the comfort of your home. I knew people who gathered together to watch it. I knew people who were watching clips of it on Twitter or on vacation. Right. I know people <laughs> who didn't want to shell out all the money and were trying to find other people to get together with and watch it. I had people reach out to me two days before that didn't know I was going saying, hey, you want to come over and you know chip in and we'll get the pay-per-view. But as, as compared to... In a couple of weeks, there's going to be the Hell in a Cell pay-per-view. And I know, I know, Ron, I know you firsthand. Whenever they do the little cheap plug to say, <laughs> you know, hey, uh, subscribe to the WWE Network, you get your free, your free month. The first thing that always goes through your head is, who hasn't subscribed? Right. <laughs> like, after all these years, who are they actually pitching that to? So, I mean, that, that's, that's the different feel because during these promos, you know, or for Aaron, at least this is where my head is for him. A week ago, he wasn't, he didn't know if he would for sure be in attendance, but he knew he was going to watch it one way or another. So it's one of those things. It's not like, all right, well, Vince already got my 999 plus respective state taxes. Yeah, <laughs> all right. Um, is how am I going to watch this? Am I going to get together with people? Am I going to, am I buying it myself? Am I watching this on one of the subscription options it, it, it was cool i mean it, it really gives it you know wwe beats the the saying in the ground but it really gave it that big big fight feel agreed ala what are your thoughts on, on the show as a whole on or? the idea of like the fact that it was actually on pay-per-view oh and um, you had to actually like order it or like get people together to to watch it together it wasn't just another thing that you could watch on this app every month like did you well, feel like I, it added to it yeah it did because that kind of goes hand in hand with the whole all-in thing because wwe with the network they they basically trying they're trying to eliminate the pay-per-view thing people still buy the pay-per-views believe it or not and that whole all-in thing with having to buy the pay-per-view or buy on the fight app that also coincides with the whole all-in thing now, I don't think the numbers for the pay-per-view buy rates and the, or the fight app buy rates came in, but the fact that so many people were behind that behind the show at home, it means a lot. Yeah, I mean, I ordered it. I, I that that was one of my concerns actually was did almost everybody who would be interested in it actually buy a ticket and would they not do as well on pay-per-view? I, I my feeling is they probably did really well on pay-per-view because they mentioned throughout the show, I think they started the night, number three trend worldwide. And by the midway point of the show, they were number one worldwide all the way until the show ended. So my guess is that the, the pay-per-view buys were pretty good. Um, so now to get into some of the specifics of the show. The NWA World's Heavyweight Championship match. Pass, between, not to interrupt yes. you. Yeah, go ahead. This may be premature, mm -hmm. and I know this isn't wwe but can we insert aaron's rating system <laughs> sure alo <laughs> you want to remind <laughs> the listeners of the rating system yes if it's a horrible show it's a job or if it falls somewhere in the middle it's a slobber knocker it's a fantastic show it's a showstopper all right so who wants to go first all right Eck, what would you give it this was a showstopper <laughs> we all know i i've been saying it since you know um 
Rumble Battleground last year, Rumble multiple years ago, uh, the other Battleground we went to. <laughs> if I'm in attendance, I'm always biased. Um, so I, I was actually very curious. I reached out to you and a few other people who I know watched it, and I was happy to hear more positive feedback because I didn't know if I was biased from being there, but it was a showstopper. I mean, I, I've actually went back and forth multiple times. I, I have my you know heart invested in the NWA title match, and I wanted to say that was the match of the night, and then I thought about other matches. And they're, they're really top to bottom. The show was really good. Oh yeah, that so that wasn't my match of the night. It wasn't my. I wanted it to be. Oh, you wanted it to be okay. Yeah, yeah. And I I think within the first like forty eight hours post the show, I changed my match of the night probably five times. <laughs> That's great, Alo. What's your rating? Well, um, I'm gonna give it a showstopper. Like Eric said, from top <laughs> to bottom, the show was fantastic. Like there was not a bad match on the card. I I think the women's match was is even like really underrated because everything else was so good. Right. And certain points in a show where you see like, like yeah, for example, you know WWE will have the hot match, then they'll have like the cool down match. All in wasn't like that. Like you had times where the crowd was like tired, like per prep being asleep right next to me right during Kenny's <laughs> match. <laughs> during Kenny's match, dozing off, dozing off. So. I thought the, the entire car was fantastic, and to go into what you're, you to go into a little bit about what you were about to say about the NWA, NWA title match, we talked about their investment in the crowd. Mm-hmm. They were all there just for those guys. They weren't there for nothing else. And a lot of time we keep talking about what's going to beat WWE, what's going to make them change. It's not going to be a company. WWE is their own thing. They'll, they won't. They'll, I don't think they'll ever be a company. That will come near them or or any or the popularity of them, but the people, but the Bullet Club as a brand can come close to WWE, and this kind of proved that. Albeit this being one show, and this is not like really a big deal against WWE. They're not panicking after one show, but the Bullet Club as a brand, they're kind of doing what WCW tried to do with the NWO. The Bullet Club, of course, they're in New Japan, they're in Ring of Honor, but. They make that, that company. Like without those, without the Bullet Club, those companies, well, New Japan could survive, but Ring of Honor, I don't know how much they would actually survive without without them at this time. And the story with the NWA title match, with the Ten Pounds of Gold series, the Being the Elite series, the All of Us series, the ROH, the, the Ring of Honor TV um, promos, and even our interview with Aldis, it had a part in that match. And Rose Cody trying to carry on his family, Cody, Cody trying to carry on his family's lineage. Aldis trying to create a lineage for his son was, was amazing. Mm-hmm. And what Vince always says, <laughs> we, we don't, we make movies and stuff. And you know, and you know how I feel about WWE's video team. I think they're the best in the world. They, they're, they are fantastic at their job, but just this small, just these little things without all the bells and whistles, they out WWE, WWE in making a movie and storytelling. Uh, and, agreed. <laughs> and also during the show, they all they, they also proved that they weren't just wrestlers. They 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 gave they gave all of us sports entertainment, as you saw in the Hangman Page match, the post Hangman Page match, the um the the, the Jay Lethal versus Flip Gordon ROA title match. They did all that, and 
for the NWA, Lab talked about last week about the NWA um, being big and he wa- he how he wants the NWA, NWA to be big. And Cody's the right guy to hold that title right now because because he, because all this even on the show he told the story of how he's defended the title all, all over the world and has gotten people's attention. And now Cody winning that championship, being in the Bullet Club, the most the biggest thing in wrestling, and for, and after the success of All In. That's going to get more eyes on the NWA product right now. That's not saying that he'll, he'll, he'll keep the title for six months or have a really long reign with it. But the fact that Cody has it right now helps the NWA huge. He's the most relevant guy, I think, in the business right now, really. Like, I think on a mainstream level, I mean, maybe not. I may be overstating that, but he's made a bigger impact on the industry in the last year than anybody else has. So I do think he's the right guy to have it. He was the right guy to win it. And like you guys both said, the storytelling of that match, the way that they built to it, I even, I loved, and you guys know I'm a very anti-WCW guy, but I loved the DDP segment of the match. When he came (laughs) down to help Cody, Cody was busted wide open. Then he hit the, the diamond cutter. I thought that was great that we got to see that. Um... I love the way Cody won the match. It was almost like he just barely... It was just like anything he could do to win, he was willing to do, and he just found a way to win. The The part of the match where... I think he might have been in the Cloverleaf. And yes, that, he I was going to bring that up. Ropes, and Brandy was like, you don't have to do this. You, you don't have to do this. And he just kept going, and she ends up in the ring, and all this accidentally hits the elbow drop on her, and you see the look on his face of how upset he was that it happened. And you kind of realize, like, even though he's the heel in this match, he's not a bad guy, and he has respect for Cody, and he's a family man in his own right. It just felt like it was so meaningful and so important, and I thought they did an unbelievable job of telling the story. The match, I don't think you'd look at it and say this was the the match of the year from an in-ring technical perspective, but it felt like it meant more than any match I've seen in 2018 so far. Yeah, and just to make my best friend smile <laughs> on the camera, the way Cody won, the, the way Cody won, he brought up the and um, we reviewed th- um, SummerSlam 2002 when Michaels beat Triple H with the vict- yeah. in similar fashion. He brought up when was the last time somebody won in that kind of fashion, and it actually meant something. And you said it was in Savage and uh, Steamboat, and this match had somewhat somewhat of a similar ending. Yeah, and so are you saying they both listened to the show and were like, "Hey, you know what? We should be the next guys to do that." Yeah, well, Aldis is a friend of the show. I have seen a, (laughs) I have seen some shows rising up a little bit. (laughs) And Cody's a cousin of the show. Uh, Yeah, that match more than delivered. Obviously, you guys know what my favorite moment of the night was, that we got to see <laughs> Black Machismo. I was not that, expecting that, that at the all. Of the night. I was not expecting it at all. When they showed the backstage segment of him getting handed the sunglasses and the slap on the shoulder, and he immediately flipped the switch. I was like, oh my god, I texted you guys. You have to be kidding me. Is Black Machismo about to come back? He comes <laughs> out to Pomp and Circumstance with Lanny Poffo. <laughs> I mean, come on. He does the, the Elizabeth spot where he's bringing her Brandy into his corner. He puts her up on his shoulder. 
the fact that he wrestled that match in two totally different styles throughout the match, I thought the was great. The bash at the beach gear? Yeah, I, I love how, how much fun Lanny Poffo was having out there. And obviously, Flip, it was great to see him have such a great performance in a high-profile match. I loved it. I thought this was great. Um, and so happy that Jay Lethal decided to bring Black Machismo back for such a huge moment. And honestly, I believe he's one of the most underrated guys in the wrestling industry right now. Like, he's so yep. underrated that people don't even consider him underrated. Find someone that... Um... Find someone that'll argue that with you. Yeah, I mean, I don't, I never hear him brought up as being underrated. And that's what, to me, makes him even more underrated is that people don't talk about him being underrated. But he, he's unbelievable. He's great. Now, well, Eric, while we're on the topic of that match, is that your match of the night? That is my match of the night, yes. Now, now Eric, have you ever seen Black Machismo? I've, I've seen clips of it here and there, but I've never watched it in its entirety. Okay. Because like, I really pop for that. Because I remember when he had SoCal Val in the early <laughs> TNA days. It was so, so good. Yeah, the only disappointment was that he didn't get to get on a microphone. But I could live without that because it was a total surprise that, that we got I, that. I could see the nitpick because you don't watch Being the Elite, but he's been doing the yes. oh, really? promos on Being the yeah, Elite for yeah, weeks yeah. and weeks and weeks. So. I think you got you got these you got the backstage promos and you had him interacting with different wrestlers who are reminiscent of like he was talking to the Bucks and the Bucks were the Rockers and <laughs> on and on and on. I mean, Aaron, if you have some more of the examples, but it was cool because it was always just in the backstage. And then to me, I mean, you know, we always talk about ring gear on this show. The fact that he came out there in you know one of uh, it's got to be, besides NWO gear, it's got to be one of Macho Man's most iconic WCW ring gear. I mean, very, that, it was Very awesome. high up there on the list. Yeah, that, that goes back to what the whole, like, everything kind of culminated at that show. Because, like Eric, Eric said, the whole Black Machismo thing, he has been teasing it for a long time on being the elite. The whole, uh, and, and plus plus the whole Hangman Page, Death of Joey Ryan thing. Like, can you, like, how can you really get over a storyline of killing a guy and have dicks come out <laughs> and carry you away. Right. Uh, it, yeah, that was excellent. The The match was good, and I enjoyed the match. And then that segment afterwards, again, I, I didn't know that that was going to happen. I don't know if other people anticipated that, that would happen. Obviously, I'm not as up on it as a lot of other people are, but I thought I that was excellent. something would happen with Joey Ryan, but not to that obscene ridiculousness of you know it, it was crazy it was hilarious i didn't think it would be so over the top but it was perfect that was like peak attitude era type of segment yep like that's exactly what i thought of was like i was watching raw in 1998 um so that was great i even wa i wanted to do a bit where i bitched about Stephen Amell being a part-timer stealing a spot on such a huge show <laughs> from someone who deserved it more, but I enjoyed this so much. I'm not even gonna. I'm not even gonna go into that character tonight. Hold on, before we skip over it. All right, Joey Ryan stuff was great, and it was something similar to 
the black machismo is something that was been built up for months on being the elite. It was a last minute. People people went in fray on Twitter about Joey Janela getting the match against Hangman Page. Mm-hmm. I, I got to argue this was the match of the night. I love this match. Yeah, I did too. It, it's so hard to pick. Is there's not like for us watch being live? It was a little rough because like we got the whole tired thing, but it was, but and I this is one of the few I've only watched three matches back. That it was so good because I felt that match there. Um, I give I give Prep tip my hat to Prep here because he's been preaching Joey Janela's name for years, and you know I've seen a little bit of his clips. I saw the YouTube the the short version on YouTube of that crazy spot that he got famous for. <laughs> I just finally watched his "Please Don't Die" thing. I, the guy's crazy. I've seen him on his uh, his promos, but I mean, everyone knows, you know, me growing up in the Attitude Era. I, I love hardcore wrestling. I have the hardcore championship tattooed on my leg. This was an, a crazy hardcore match, and it wasn't just like a throwaway, like no disrespect, like it wasn't like a big boss man crash holly hardcore match. But it it was there was talent in there. The spots were crazy. Penelope Ford. Um, her athleticism was insane. You know, you had the great um, spot where she does the crossbody from the top turnbuckle to outside, and then you get the elbow spot. So much good stuff in the match. Hangman with, with the spot from the top of the ladder through the table. I don't know how they're not dead from that. <laughs> yep. Oh, that that was that was one of my nitpicks from the night. Was that was so unnecessary to even attempt that? What the. Off the top of the ladder, or off the top of the ladder through the table. You you know I'm a, I'm very big on I hate seeing guys take bumps on their head and their neck, and I saw that and I was like, come on, you didn't need to do that. <laughs> but other than that, I mean, the match was awesome. It was very entertaining. The storytelling was was a lot of fun, and obviously the aftermath was great. Um, the the kind of the last thing I want to do. You guys have any other thoughts on All In before we move on? Um. Well, did you give your rating, Pash? Oh, Showstopper. Okay. Uh, I guess my final thoughts on it. I, I loved it. Uh, I I pray they do it again. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, I, I yeah I agree. Double or nothing, like they said. Oh, did you watch? Did 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 you see the um the post show? Like what what, what happened? On you like a- after it went on pay per view, it's on YouTube somewhere. I did not see it. Eck, did you see it? Well, uh, yes, I I watched it, but I was also there. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I forgot about that. <laughs> yeah, so so after the show went off air because um, Okada and Marty Scroll they went off, they went twelve minutes over their time limit. <laughs> so like the last, so the main event, if it felt rushed, that's because that's why. Yeah, and um, yeah, so everybody came out to the ring. And Cody and Kenny, they kind of promised that nobody's going anywhere. And they were talking about how Cody kind of hit on it before, saying how WWE is wonderful, but they don't own pro wrestling. And I think he said that in the 10 Pounds of Gold series. He did. Or being, being the elite um, on the Go Home, the Go Home, Go Home episode of that. Mm-hmm. But this is true because WWE, they, they've kind of become uh, Ted Turner. Yeah. Of wrestling, 
So then it's like opening a checkbook and anytime somebody gets big, it's just like, okay, we need to get him before he becomes a big deal. And a lot of times they'll, they'll go in and sign. Like Leo Rush, we talked about that, but he's just now getting on TV within the past few months. Flip When Flip, we talked to Flip Gordon, he said that if this was a couple of years ago, he would have jumped at it. But now he's not because he's in this environment where he knows and he's a part of the he's a part of the group in in the in the in the group that he doesn't need to be at WWE. He's been shown the way that WWE doesn't own pro wrestling, and that's how WWE feels now. It's like okay, we bought the, we 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 ended the Monday Night War. We own ECW. We're the only game in town because they've been that way for for over a decade now. Yeah. So when Cody says that, that is true. There are in especially in 2018, we always say the boom period in wrestling is everything outside of WWE, but nothing is as big as WWE with all the bells and whistles. But WWE does not own pro wrestling, and the Bullet Club clearly shows that. And they don't really have bells and whistles anymore either. Well, we're so used to it because, like we always said, WWE, it always looks the best. And when you watch Ring of Honor or these other shows, they don't look the best. Like, they look dark and cloudy because they're not, like, the cameras aren't as HD as WWE HD cameras would be. But there's so many other ways that to, that you can actually view wrestling. And people always say, I can't. I, I wish this person would go to WWE. I, I, I can't wait till he does this in WWE. It's not about that anymore. It's not because with the world of social media and with all these apps and streaming services we have, you can watch your favorite people and other promotions at almost at, at almost any time you want. And you don't have to watch them in a, in a pigeonhole WWE reading somebody's script. Right. I think it's better. I'm happy that they said they're not going anywhere because they don't need to. Um, they So one thing is that they clearly can't do all this can't do this all the time. If they're funding it themselves, they're not going to be able to do it all the time, and they shouldn't even aspire to do it. I think they need to be really smart about allowing each one of these events to feel like its own thing and feel important in its own right. And I trust that they that's what they're going to do because I don't think they're greedy about it. I think they're just trying to do something really cool and so far they have exceeded all expectations, I think. Um and to Aaron's point about WWE not owning wrestling and, you know, we own wrestling and, you know, the, the performers own wrestling and the fans own wrestling. Cody and the Young Bucks and everybody on that show gave us what they gave us at All In. And WWE gave us something that was from 1997 or 2010. Like that was their big selling point from their weekly products this week. And I'm not going to say it wasn't good because it was, but like, it doesn't matter. It doesn't mean anything. Let's stick with 2010. 97 was better than uh, this week. Well, yep. Yeah. Uh, but, uh, but that's my point is like, it's something that would have been cool in the nineties. It's something yeah, that would have been yeah, cool I 10 years ago and 20 years ago, but it's not that time anymore. So instead of allowing the guys they want to be stars now to try to be stars, they're allowing guys who haven't really been involved for, you know, the undertaker really to me, hasn't been relevant for five years and HBK had retired in 2010. Like those are the guys that stole this week. Huh? I said, now I see what you mean by 97. (laughs) 
they're the guys that are they're not the guys who are carrying the next generation for you. You let them come out of all in weekend when this other entity made headlines and set the wrestling world on fire and you gave us something old. You didn't give us some and not only is it old, it do, it means nothing. It's it's irrelevant. It doesn't matter. And Again, I thought both guys did a good job. I actually enjoyed watching it, but I'm just thinking, this is the best you could do coming out of that? <laughs> so, I don't know. What are your guys' thoughts on HBK Taker on Monday night? So, kind of to sum up, I don't want to say sum up what you said, but going on, like, I'm not, I don't want to crap on it and say it wasn't good, it wasn't entertaining. And I'm, I'm never the one to crap on Shawn Michaels for coming out with the promo. Um, I'm not the one to say he's not himself no more. That's why he's <laughs> covering his head because he's hairless. <laughs> but I don't think that, like, I just look at it like, why are we, they're doing so much to get it excited for a house show that doesn't matter. The show's not going to matter. It's going to air midday on a Saturday. Morning, <laughs> like like there there's there's no there's no stakes to it. Um, like what if if Taker wins, is he going to take Triple H's job? No. Uh, is the streak on the line? No. Is the WWE Championship on the line? No. Is Undertaker going to retire? No. I, I almost I actually thought they left something missing. I wanted Shawn Michaels to say, "I respected you. I wish you would have shown R- Roman Reigns the same respect <laughs> and hang your boots up last year." That's a good point. Yeah, I don't care. <laughs> I, I, I I don't like. First of all, I, I I don't know between me and Ron. I don't know who's more adamant about that's not Shawn Michaels. That's not. It's <laughs> that's Michael Hickenbottom. Michael, that's Michael Hickenbottom. <laughs> and like, like was the promo good? Yes, I believe. Like, like, like you would think like this was like seven years ago, eight years ago, like lead up to a WrestleMania match when. At WrestleMania 26, this was like a really good promo. I'm not, I'm not denying that, but I just don't care. Like, you're building to Triple H versus The Undertaker in 2018. In 2018, and then next week you got Mick Foley coming. What's he gonna do? Other than talk about Taker and Triple H. Triple H gonna be in next week too, and Triple H will probably run down Foley too, and it's gonna be about The Undertaker. And like, I, I appreciate them trying to make this something. I really do because the greatest rumble was complete trash and a waste of time. And nothing, there was not really built to anything at all. They just kept saying, hey, this is, this is going to happen. This is going to happen. This is going to happen. But I appreciate them actually trying to build something. And Laugh Axe a few weeks ago, I think this may actually make an event because titles don't matter anymore, apparently. So I think this does make an event, and this is the, the big story heading out of that show and the, the the best part about it is the next night nothing will mean anything it won't right it's like this whole big build to something that means nothing the next day yeah 2012 is supposed to be end of an era after that nothing changed <laughs> like triple h is going to make the undertaker look like a million bucks for what yeah last I, I said last week if triple h was facing some younger talent i can get behind it if taker was facing some younger talent I can get behind it, but Triple H versus The Undertaker, I've seen, I, like, I don't like saying this, but I've seen it too many times, and you can't sell me that in 2018. You can't. And, and you shouldn't. <laughs> so, 
earlier we brought, you know, Ron, you mentioned something about WWE may just, you know, brush this under the rug. It's just another indie show. Was I hoping for two months that they were going to say, wow, you know, they, they really did it this weekend. Yep. Let, let's mm-hmm. cut the lights off. And then right when I started watching Raw, I was like, you know what? It's a holiday show. Oh, man, I shouldn't expect much. You want to hear something funny? Or what's even so, worse? Is I'm sorry to cut you off, but is it even worse that maybe they thought having The Undertaker come out would have been the big answer? That's actually hear- what I'm kind of thinking. <laughs> you want to hear something funny? So... Me and Angel, we were watching Ozark season two on Netflix during Raw. So she she goes, she steps away for a second. So I turn on Raw. I turn on Raw. And like Eric said, coming off of All In Weekend on a wrestling high. Like I fell in love with wrestling all over again at that show. I turn on Raw. The first thing I see is Brie Bella falling on her face. (laughs) (laughs) That didn't do it for you? No, but Angel, I'm glad you're back. Ozark back on. I, I can get behind that. Um, so moving over to SmackDown, uh, the thing I have first in my notes is Charlotte and Becky. Crowd still loves heel Becky. Is she a heel? It seemed like a pretty heel interview, even though they said last week that they don't want to make her a heel. But it seems like she is, but it also seems like they still... They, they've made her a heel, but they want to act like they didn't. What are, your, what are your guys' feelings on Becky and Charlotte's performance in this interview? Well, if I was Enzo Amore, I would say Becky Lynch is hot as hell. And you <laughs> can't teach that. You cannot teach that. That is very true. Yeah, like, how badass did Becky look in that promo just sitting there? Like, I thought that was fantastic. Like, this, like, WWE, like, this whole thing of, them not knowing why are they cheering Becky? They really don't know. <laughs> no, they have no idea. Um, her sitting there with her head cocked to the side, like the look on her face. We've talked about it on the show before, how we've never really seen heel Becky. I think we saw it a little bit when she was teaming with Sasha in NXT. But she's definitely pulling off this different attitude really well. Yeah, and this whole thing of like, like Charlotte saying you were my best friend and stuff like like this whole thing works because Becky was saying, you know, how hard it was to being your friend dealing with, dealing with your insecurities and, and being there for you every every step of the way. Like this is like a real true story. And like it, what, we, we didn't get much about in this segment, but I'm really looking forward to this match. And the damn WWE, they already announced this again mm-hmm. for a super showdown in Australia. Promoting three shows all at one time, and all They're of them are probably going to suck. They're storylines one at a time. <laughs> yeah, it, it's, it's too much. It's like another example of WWE doing way too much at the same but time. But see, my, my thing is, like, why don't you just wait till after Hell in a Cell to promote this? Like, they're going around the Instagram page, and they're promoting this. They promote, they're promoting... Um, uh, the Shield versus Strowman, Ziggler, and Galloway, and they're also promoting the uh, the women's title and the, no the tag titles now. New Day versus Bar. They're promoting that already before the matches happen at the show. It's stupid. Well, you know what? WWE. They are. I've said this before. They're not a wrestling company anymore. They're not. And Raw and SmackDown are not wrestling shows. They are just shows about WWE. 
Yep. That's all it is. And it's all about promotion and self-promotion and just promoting the next thing. And they don't actually care if it's good or not. They don't, it doesn't, none of this matters to them, clearly. Yep. Um, and, and people really, some people, they really challenge me on that. I'm like, dude, like, I understand wrestling subjective, but that's something that we're not wrong about when we discuss because it's factual. Like, you've been, we've been, people have been complaining how Raw sucks for years, especially, let's say, since the inception of this show. And you, you still give them money and they still get records, they still get record, <laughs> record earnings and all this other stuff. You still buy the merch and then you give them record setting, um, you give them record, record, record setting gates. At WrestleMania and stuff, it's like, how do you like? How do they know this is not okay? You can say whatever you want, like buying tickets and booing, starting a riot, throwing <laughs> volleyballs, walking, walking out, out the, the main event after you paid the money. Like, how, like, how's that going to change anything? Right, the money is the part they care about the most. Yeah, they care really about don't. whether you like it or not. So far, that's so far down their list of priorities. Whether or not you like it, they care about whether you're going to give them your money. And yeah. we consistently have proven we will always give them our money. Yeah, whether I like it or not, if you give them your money, that shows you like it. You can complain; everybody complains. But you give them any any type of money, other than the network, then they, they say okay, they like it. Exactly. Uh, Alexa Bliss and Elias. <laughs> what was better, Trish and Elias or Bliss and Elias? I, I don't know. <laughs> I, I kind of want to say Trish because Elias had like some great one-liners in on there. But Alexa is the perfect flirt. The flirting, I, his like ego, you could see his ego inflating as she was talking <laughs> to him. And the best part was like he was like, he was so he was so flattered. She asked him to play the song. <laughs> yeah, of course I can. Yeah, I don't remember exactly what he said, but that was the spirit of it. Um, can I please get Elias as the special guest referee for this match? Please. <laughs> I really want to see that. Please, Elias is the one person that will make me break my WWE shop um, hiatus. What Only would, person. What are you gonna buy? His T-shirt. Yeah. I really want to see him be the spec. I feel like they have to do it. They're really dropping the ball if they don't, because I think he would be great in that role. Um, but it is at Evo- is it at Evolution or is that match at Hell in a Cell? But That's Trish at Evolution. Alexa. So maybe they won't let him do it because they don't want to put any of the men in it. But I think it would be great if they did it. And they're really missing an opportunity if they don't. Did Ronda do anything of note around this? Um, she accompanied Natty to the ring against Nat, uh, Natty's Matt, against Natty fought Alexa and Ronda was in her corner. Oh, that's right. Nothing yeah. worth talking about though. No, and this whole Bella for Nikki versus Ronda thing—that's clearly a thing for for Evolution because they, I don't know if you saw, but they teased it with the backstage segment saying Natty's good in the ring and all. But if you need any advice with with the fashion world, anything outside WWE. Let us know. We can help you. So you can clearly see that's the thing. They'll probably run with the story of you think you're better than us thing. And like I said before about the whole um, Nikki versus Ronda thing, if Nikki was around all these months prior, fine. But for if you want to make sell this, make this something big, 
I think you have to have Ronda against like maybe like your biggest in-ring worker, but I do understand the whole aspect of Nikki being your biggest media star. Yeah, they definitely officially planted the seeds for that. Eck, how bad do you need to see Nikki Bella versus Ronda Rousey? I don't need to see either of them in the ring after this week. <laughs> I love that you're now out on Ronda because of All In. <laughs> no, no, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. I mean both belt ones. I'm sorry. Oh, okay. I think you meant yeah. both Ronda and Nikki. Yeah, no, no, no. I'm uh, Nikki and Bray. Um, I mean, geez, I thought Bray committed suicide. She really <laughs> there was there was a shirt at Starcast that said. The best dives are suicidal. I didn't know she owned that shirt and took it literally. <laughs> she's like, oh, they are, are they? And she's burying her husband. Oh, we'll get to that. We will. I don't I don't necessarily want to, but we will. I know um, I don't want to. <laughs> uh, the shield against everybody, apparently. <laughs> I, I don't know how well, I, they they took Roman's one versus all slogan. They they did. They again another thing that was taken very literally. Why is Kevin Owens now working with Braun Strowman? <laughs> Better yet, why is he attacking Bobby Lashley? Better yet, why was his quit one week long? I don't know. <laughs> I didn't mind him attacking Lashley because that was the Kevin Owens I like most. The like blackout when I'm done doing this, I may not even remember that I did it, Kevin Owens. But I don't get why he's out there helping Braun Strowman, who just terrorized him for the last two months. I, I don't get why that happened. Well, well, something I did like from that was the whole, like, like you said, the whole one versus all thing. Like, when the Shield was first, in, the, incept, the first inception of the Shield, that's how it was. It was everybody else against them. Because cause they were always the ones that had the numbers game. But sometimes, I, I remember a couple times um, the locker room did empty and attack them. But this time, I'm like, why? It was mainly the heels and all, but I don't know. It was just something about it just fell a little off. Was there any rumor or any word about Seth Rollins afterwards? Because I was definitely worried that he injured his left elbow. There's nothing concrete, and I, I know you hate those spots. I mean, I hope he's all right. I hope it's not like a big... Uh, a Bill Goldberg result, but I pop for it. I mean that you know you get the, those bad you know car windshield spots in the backstage all the time, like somebody breathes next to it and it pops. But that was insane. I didn't think that was going to happen. I thought it was just going to bounce off of it, and it, it almost took me a second. I was like, wait a minute, what's going on here? I thought it was yeah. a cool spot, and then when I saw the hole in the window, I was like, oh god, he just did it. He he is going to have an injury like William. <laughs> yeah, but I did. I did enjoy like like the beat, the, like the whole segment. It wasn't a bad segment, right? And I do like the whole thing with the locker room against the shield because that's how that's what the shield was based on before. But, but I don't know where we go from here. And we did get new Raw Tag Team Champions, which I'm excited about. Me too. I thought that was good that that happened. Obviously, I enjoy the B team for their comedic uh, sensibilities. But I feel like you can only be the champs for so long, unless you're the Golden Truth, which they could have been the tag team champs for <laughs> forever. Um, or our truth and Carmella. Yeah, exactly. We'll get to that, too. Uh, <laughs> Eck, what is your thought on the new tag team champs? It makes sense. Um, they actually, I'll 
you know, give a nod to WWE. They did a, a decent job of rushing the titles off of someone. I to, guess we should say real quick that it is Dolph Ziggler and Drew Galloway. We didn't specify that, but that is who is the new tag team champs. Go ahead. Yes, because McIntyre and Ziggler got to run down on the Revival. And, you know, there was, you know, it really sucks for the Revival because you actually thought they were about to start getting their push. <laughs> I thought they were the next tag champs. I did too. <laughs> I didn't see uh, Ziggler. Were, and... were they jumping the shield at the end? They were out there at the end, yes. Oh, wait, the Revival? I don't remember. I think all I really noticed was why is Kevin Owens a part of this? He's helping the the guy he shouldn't... The last guy he would ever be helping right now. Um, And what what happened to Finn Balor? Did did we ever see... Like, once the attack started, did we ever see Finn Balor again? Don't recall. (laughs) Because I don't think we did. Um, Yeah. Yeah, I I don't think that there's... Well, I'm curious to see where this story goes, to see if they can turn it into something. Like, one of the things I said after... Roman won the title and the Shield got back together the next night. I love the idea of the Shield keeping that belt safe. And it's possible that that storyline is already out the window if the whole if the whole locker room is now trying to take it away from them. Yeah, well one thing I do like and which is really intriguing to me is the fact that the main the, the main feud on Raw consists of all the main titles. Because Roman's the universal, universal champion, Seth's the IC champion, Galloway and Ziggler are the tag champions. So maybe at Super Showdown, they try to spark our interest and put in that six-man tag, put all the titles on the line. Or let's assume that you have to assume that Ambrose and Rollins are going to face Ziggler and Galloway for the tag titles at Hell in a Cell. You have to assume that at this point. But all the main titles are in the main feud, and they'll all feel important. And that's saying a lot because it's because we all knew that tag team division. Vince has been down on it, and it's been showing for months. So maybe that's the lesson they learned from All In. <laughs> they hear everybody saying the NWA World's Heavyweight Championship is the, the most meaningful title, and maybe Vince said, we need to make ours mean something again. So maybe that's what <laughs> happened. I don't know. Uh, Samoa Joe and AJ Styles. We did not get a barbecue segment. I was like very upset of, about that. And not much to this. Uh, a Joe promo, which was great, as you've come to expect from him. AJ surprisingly comes out and takes Joe out behind the woodshed. Everybody comes out to kind of separate them. I like that it's physical. I like that they're not doing too much, although I would have liked an, an on uh, on location segment at the barbecue. And I do, <laughs> I do love that every time Joe talks now, he says, oh, Wendy. <laughs> I love that that now has become his, his opening for every promo that he does. Any chance Samoa Joe wins the title by the end of the year? God, I hope so. I, I, really, I really do. Like, he deserves it. And the thing is, no matter, no matter how bad the feud was, because even the, the lead-up to SummerSlam, we didn't like the lead-up the, the lead to it, but... The way he presented it was so good. His stuff with Paige was fantastic. And this whole thing at post-SummerSlam has been really good for the way he's been de- delivering everything. He deserves it. And this is actually bringing out a better side of, a better side of AJ because AJ's been bitter since he won the title. He hasn't really done anything really good at all. So we so AJ needs this because he's actually have a, a whole new edge to himself. Like, 
like he actually snapped on SmackDown this past week, and even paid like we we had another another locker room empty out that's getting that's been real redundant within the last month. But even Paige said, "AJ, calm down, calm down." So like he's like really snapped. Heck, you have uh, do you have any hopes for Joe actually winning the WWE Championship before the end of the year? Talk no. to him, kid. <laughs> No, no hopes. Uh, I mean, do I, do I hope it happens? Yes. Do I believe it will happen? No. So you, you hope it does, but you don't believe there's any chance it will. Yeah, because if I'm correct, AJ Styles this week just celebrated his 300th day with the WWE Championship. He's going to hold it for over 430-plus days. Um, there's more than 100 days. There's less than 100 days less left in the year. He's bound to lose it. I'm sorry. He's bound to keep it. AJ is going to keep that until at least the Rumble. Uh, yeah, I guess it, it, it's cutting it close on him winning it before the end of the year and AJ breaking that title record, which I can only assume that's what they're doing right now. Yep. Um, I, don't, don't get me wrong. I, I hope they prove me wrong. Surprise me. Uh, I'm with they, you. But they hate doing that. They, they do hate that. So Daniel Bryan and Bree... The Miz and Maurice. I don't even really want to go into the whole story. Can I just say that this entire segment, our truth stole the show. Yes. <laughs> can, yes. Can we say, you know what? This was a good swerve that they made our <laughs> truth look like an idiot for the last three, four weeks, only to find out he had a master plan all along <laughs> to get himself into the main event of SmackDown. I thought it was great. The fact that he told Ty he was teaching him something. He said, what could you teach me? He said, how to get in the main event on SmackDown. And Ty was like, oh, yeah, I guess you did teach me that. That Carmella came out with him and joined in performing the entrance song. That was good. (laughs) My favorite part was he's like, no, that's the other Carmella. I'm talking to this Carmella. That's the other Carmella. What about Maurice? Maurice is my cousin in Detroit. Oh, Oh, my God. He's great. He's underappreciated. He he's also underrated. Ma- makes me laugh and entertains me every time he's on the screen. The match was good. The story that bad. they told that night was good. I felt terrible for our truth when he said his cousin from Detroit. I hope he doesn't visit often because Prep will tell you Detroit might be the worst town <laughs> I've ever been in. <laughs> yeah, I really enjoyed this. I thought it was great. Uh I love that Truth has gotten an opportunity to shine. We now know that he is tagging with Carmella in the Mixed Match Challenge, which I think will be a lot of fun. I have a thought on that, but you guys give me any more thoughts you have on this whole story, no matter what it is you want to talk about. My first thing is I don't understand why they're bringing this Mixed Match Challenge thing back. It hasn't even been a full year since the first one. Mixed Match Challenge was some of the best TV they produced all year. But back to Brian and um, Bree against Miz and Maurice. I, I don't want to see this. I, I really don't. Like, I think, what? We have, what? Is it, how long is it? A week from Sunday or whatever? Yeah. But it's like, like, I enjoyed the Miz cutting the promo in the empty building, empty arena. I thought that was funny because, like, knowing that nobody's there. But this is falling really flat because like you already kind of know like they're already ingratiating Bria Maurice a little too much and then they got the whole Andrade with Zelina Vega thing happening 
with them. And then you already know this is going to lead to a match between Brie and Maurice at Evolution. You, you already know. Right. So it's like, it's, in, it's inevitable. And I expect Brian and, Brian and Brie to win the tag match. But now what I'm looking forward to most is the match at Super Showdown because that has that the winner gets a title shot. And that's the match I'm looking most forward to because of the title implications. And both guys can actually use it. I prefer the Miz to win than Brian. But I, I want to move past this right now. I really do. But the thing is, we're going to get more of this after because of what I think is going to happen. That's uh, Maurice versus Brie. Yeah, I, I don't need to see this either. Eck, I already know you don't need to see it. No, I, SmackDown <laughs> doesn't put much on that I need to see. <laughs> and I don't like that Zelina and Andrade are taking a back seat to all this. Yeah, they're killing my boy. Yeah, like no like, need like, for it. Like, like this is kind of considered a push for him. Turn into an eight-man tag mixed match challenge. <laughs> I don't know. So you look at this as a good thing for him, Alo? Yeah, because like one like one thing is like. T- title isn't necessarily a push. The TV time is like I want. I want Andrade, Andrade and Zelina. Day. I want them to have many opportunities as possible and possibly championship implications. But like they don't belong here. It's just the fact they're only here. Basically, I, I believe they'll face Brian. Did they face Brian and Brie last week? Or, yeah. Or was, or was it just Brian versus Almas? It was Brian versus Almas. Okay, yeah. I no matter what you right now, they're, they're going to face in a tag team match against Brian and Bree. That's be like their warm up match or whatever. Similar with when they had John and Nikki face Carmella and Ellsworth. But it's like I I I, enjoy, I, I appreciate him getting the t- them getting the TV time, but I want them to do something else. But even but the thing is, this is like a high pro, a high a high profile feud on SmackDown, but they deserve something else. Agree. I think we are all in agreement on that. So. Last thing I have, well, two more things I have on the weekly shows. One, Paige is amazing as the GM of SmackDown. Weekly, she gets the job done as the GM of SmackDown. I always enjoy when she's on the screen. And two, in regards to the Mixed Match, mixed match Challenge, why is Sasha Banks teaming with Bobby Lashley? Because he's the dominator. She deserves better than Bob. Oh, oh, trust me, I was very pissed about that myself. I mean, I'm not going to act like I'm too upset about it because I don't really care about the whole thing, but no reason to stick her with that guy. No. And they're not doing enough with her anyway that she could get him over if that was their plan. Yeah, but I am I am interested in seeing uh, Bailey with Finn because we all know they were funny in NXT. Right. But the team I'm looking forward to the most is Jinder and Alicia Fox. Which is going to be great. Yes, with the whole Shanti thing, trying to get her to calm down and stuff. I'm looking forward to that the most. I I didn't think about that beforehand, but oh, I'm you did, with you. No. Did it? I didn't. Like but just now, him, now I'm, I'm 100% invested in that. Yeah, just, just him trying to get her to calm down when she's snapping out and say, Shanti. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm looking forward to that now. Um, do we have any listener questions? Yes, we have a question from Elite Collector 215. All right. He says, does WWE have anything to fear regarding All In, or do they brush it off as another independent show? I don't think they have anything to fear yet, and they definitely don't fear it yet. I think they look at it like, oh, that was that was a nice little thing those guys did. But the only the only reason at this point they would have to fear it all is maybe in a year or so 
if people look at it like, hey, we have another viable thing that's going to put on big shows, maybe instead of having 3 million devoted watchers every week, maybe that dwindles down to 2.8 million. Maybe that dwindles down to 2.5 million. But even then, I think they're still going to be one of the top two or three rated things in their time slot. So I think they're probably annoyed by it, but I definitely don't think they're they're in fear of it yet. Eck? No, no, uh, they're not in fear at all. I don't think they're going to do anything to show that they care about it, fear it. Um, and let's not forget, there's a chance that the majority of the main players involved with it work for them next year. <laughs> I guess that's... That's true, too. Alo, your thoughts? God forbid. <laughs> but, no, it's, it, they, they have nothing to fear. Um, even in the All Us series, um, the latest episode, Cody talked about, I hope I hope Triple H watches, or, or I hope they watch. Right. Because I, like, I don't have nothing against them. I watched SummerSlam. I watched the entire show. I enjoyed it. But so I like even if they watch, it's nothing to fear, because at the end of the day, they're not losing money. And it was only a one-night event. And we talked about earlier, like, if they'll keep on doing this or whatever, like, maybe make it a yearly thing, like, especially around, like, Labor Day weekend because there's not really much going on. So I think that that would be, like, a perfect spot for them to be at. But they have, no, they have nothing to fear. Like, no, they, they don't have to change anything at all. Just, like, if you want to affect change, stop, like, affect WWE's bottom line and continue to, continue, continue to support Bullet Club the most you can. Support them the way you would support WWE if you want WWE to change. Unless, like, Mark Cuban starts buying up smaller promotions like Vince McMahon did in the in the 80s. Yeah, yeah, yes. And so it, it takes that one guy. And But like I said, like, Ring of Honor, like, the Bullet Club, they're a part of Ring of Honor New Japan. They're already a brand. But they're not as big. Like, New Japan's their own thing. They're not worried about WWE. But let's say Ring of Honor, for example. Like, if Mark Cuban brought Ring of Honor, like, do you think that if they, he turned into it, he turned it into, like, WWE production, what do you think Ring, Ring of Honor would be? I think they could, I think they could become what WCW was back in, like, the mid-90s. I think, so Mark Cuban, again, I don't, I don't know, I haven't heard him talk a lot about wrestling, but his network, Axis or Access, whatever the hell it's called, it shows New Japan on Friday nights. I know every once in a while there'll be, there'll be like a marathon on. A couple times they've broadcast live New Japan events. He definitely has shown at least some interest in the industry if he decided to jump, no pun intended, all in on the wrestling industry. He could give Vince McMahon something to fear, but that's really the only way it could ever happen. You know, if he if he somehow acquired Ring of Honor and he had the ability to use New Japan talent and he could bring in a lot of these indie talents that we all love who aren't on a big stage yet, he could start to create something that would challenge them. Because then you know there are guys in WWE and girls in WWE who would jump over for an opportunity at something new. And I think the curiosity and excitement by people who are tired of WWE would support it immediately with no questions asked. Yeah, and the fact that 
those guys, like, remember, it's just mainly the Bullet Club. That, that, that's the draw. But, you now if they had, like, some kind of control in, like, they do their own, they do sports entertainment, but at the same time, they put their best product forward all the time because that's what, the, like, that's all they have. They, night after night, they have to put their best foot forward. WWE doesn't have to do that. So that's the difference between them. Right. And it would take time, but, I, like, I think that would be something that could eventually push them. Or Vince could say, you know what, we're we're worried about things bigger than Monday and Tuesday nights anyway. Um, all right, what else we got? Hey, do you have anything to say about that? No. <laughs> <laughs> all right. We have a question and complaining thoughts from the Godfather of the podcast, Joe Lafferty. Okay. Thank you, Laugh. Are you sure you want to thank him? <laughs> Wow. From what I saw, Raw and SmackDown were awful. couple of things. Why is Brie Bella on both shows? Why don't I care about Daniel Bryan anymore? There, I said it. Why is Baron Corbett on my TV so much? I'm bored already. The main question. After this week's shows, what I find most interesting is the thought and idea that Michaels may wrestle again. And that's awful. It shouldn't be this way. The thought overshadows any and all current storylines in my opinion. Why do you believe that I feel this way? Please don't be on the fence. Do you think I long for Michael's return? Or do, or do you believe that the atrocious and nauseating storylines of the culture? I don't believe he is itching for a Shawn Michaels return. I do believe he's just bored, bored with the product and tired of the product. And I completely agree. I have no desire to see HBK wrestle again, especially not... the. A 53-year-old HBK going toe-to-toe with a 53-year-old Undertaker. I have no desire, and I agree with him. The storylines are, for the most part, boring and tired and lazy. And it's just not a fun product to watch on a weekly basis. The only thing I disagree with him on is I actually enjoy Corbin more in his role as Constable. Yeah, I agree with you on that one. (laughs) Eck, what do you think? It, it, it is a shame that, and like, like I said earlier, it's a shame that Sean comes out there in a promo that has to do with a house show, live event, going on at some random hour or on a Saturday or in the network, on the other side of the planet. And that is the focal point of Raw. They're actually... They're hyping it up. They're playing the replays. They're bringing in legends and Hall of Famers to hype this up. Um, They definitely did tease the idea of Sean, you know, having another match. It shouldn't be that way. Um, The only thing that really was good, but of this week was you thought, you know, once you heard the siren, you thought you'd get the normal, the shield come out and do their thing. You know, you actually got one thing that kind of wasn't predictable, in my opinion. Uh, Daniel Bryan is boring when he's with his wife. Uh, you don't want to see the Bellas on the screen. I mentioned that earlier. That's why he's bored with Daniel Bryan, because they're not doing anything interesting with him. They have yeah. made Daniel Bryan, they have WWE'd Daniel Bryan. They just made him <laughs> another guy that they just say, all right, they like you, go out there and, and do something. So, yeah, that's why he's bored with Daniel Bryan, because... He's not doing anything that's not boring. Yeah, like I, I, I agree. Um, 
Brace. Did she cut a promo on SmackDown? I'm not even going to get into that. <laughs> but, uh, like, the whole Brian thing is they missed such a big opportunity because everybody was so happy to see him back. And then leading into SummerSlam, Ron was talking about, is the Yes Movement de- dead? And it really is. Like, before, like, the Yes Movement was all over the world. It translated, it transitioned to all sports, ways ways of life. And it's not even that anymore. It's not. Daniel Bryan is just there. And he should be in the main, t- the main title picture. He really should. This, this whole thing with The Miz, like, I enjoyed the SummerSlam match, but it's kind of get. Like this whole feud's been kind of like on 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 halt because they involved the wives and stuff. But Daniel Bryan, it, it, it's just sad for what they turned him into since his return. They really could have capitalized bigger. And CM Punk said this one time: uh, Vince is a billionaire. Vince is a millionaire who should be a billionaire. And stuff like this shows there there was actually money if you made Bryan bigger, but they didn't. Especially right. Right, right, after, right after the return. They could have made him a big deal. Even if he didn't win the title, if you put him in a title match, that would have that, that did something. But instead, you throw him in a few with big casts. Yeah, Remember everybody was clan Big C now. Big, big C. C. <laughs> Formerly known as Big Kaz. Yeah. <laughs> and, like, like, God. And then the whole Michaels versus Undertaker thing. Like, I don't, like... We shouldn't be enamored with that, especially right now. We really shouldn't. Those guys, they shouldn't like. They shouldn't be here on television. They're still they're so reliant on their old stars all the time, and it really bugs me. If you bring Undertaker or Triple H back, have a few with somebody else. That's all you could do. Like I, I, I much rather, I much rather prefer that. I really do. And with the storylines, they're so stop and go with the storylines. Remember Sasha and Bailey? Remember they were feuding? Now they're yeah. a tag team. Uh, they they can't tell good stories. The Alexa Ronda story going to go into SummerSlam, that was a great story because that started in June at Money in the Bank. The whole Roman versus Brock thing uh, at SummerSlam and the night after SummerSlam was good storytelling. They... They can do it when they want, but for whatever reason, they just do not put their best foot forward, and nobody understands. Stop giving them your money if you want change. Exactly. Been saying this for three years. <laughs> Are you saying we should all cancel our network? That's the only thing I'll No, because the network them. makes me happy. That's the only thing I'll keep giving them my money for because uh, solely for because we do this show. If we weren't yeah. doing this podcast, I would have probably canceled it a year ago. And that, the network makes me happy. So. <laughs> there is good stuff on the network. The old stuff yeah. you could watch. Uh, all right. Did we have anything else? Uh, that's it. All right. Eck, did we have, oh, oh, did we have one for prep? prep? Uh, no, we do it. Yeah. Eric, you got that. Spit it out? All right. Here we go. What we got? The Million Dollar Man, Prep DiBiase, <laughs> wants to know, all this Cody, good match. But a far better story. In recent memory, can you think of a feud that the story far exceeded match quality? Bray Wyatt, Randy Orton. Because oh. I really liked that story for months and months. And that WrestleMania match was atrocious. <laughs> One of the worst matches I've ever seen. One of the worst uh, match results I've seen. But I loved the story up until that night. 
And so that that would be my answer. I'm curious what you guys have on that. Brock Lesnar, Dean Ambrose. Oh, that's a great one. Uh, Excellent choice. That fell flat as hell. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Mine is Bray Wyatt, John Cena. Uh, Also a very good one. The, my favorite match of that series, well, so one was the, I actually liked the cage match they did, because mm-hmm. that was when they were really playing up the, the whole him winning people over angle, mm-hmm. and I actually loved the six-man tag they did the night after WrestleMania 30. With the Usos and it Cena. Was, yes, I thought that was awesome. The crowd was on fire for it. Um but yeah, it, it the story was way better than the matches ended up. So yeah, it, good choices all around. Yeah, and we just we just got a late question in from mm-hmm. a shot of wrestling talk show. Okay. Who would benefit the most in the WWE if they were released from their contract? Can I say everybody? <laughs> um I agree, but just pick one. Who would benefit most? Do you have somebody in mind while I think, or do you want to think about it a little bit? Uh, that's rough. Honestly, uh, Daniel Bryan would benefit most. He would. <laughs> he, he really he would. But if not to not be to say something different, because uh, Daniel Bryan is a good one. I'm trying to think of somebody that I really like that's amazing who who could do who would do great outside WWE. Uh, I'd say Sasha Banks for a female and for a male, Tyler Breeze. And to get prep upset, Zack Ryder. <laughs> <laughs> but in fairness, I'm only saying that because Cody just said it last week. Um, <laughs> so that's everything for listener questions? Yes. Are you ready for Stump Alo? Yes. All right. Give me one second to pull this up. So, name every match ever. (laughs) (laughs) But no, the real question is, we all know that Undertaker retired Shawn Michaels. What was HBK's last pay-per-view victory prior to retirement? According to the internet. Well, we all know the internet has been wrong. It has been before, yes. All right, let me see. Uh, He and Russell at the chamber prior. So 2011, he retired, right? Uh, It was WrestleMania 2010, so it was March 2010. He said his his last singles victory? Just his last victory. Last win on a pay-per-view. I believe it was uh, when him and H won the tag titles, I believe. Do you know what show? Yeah, it was TLC. <laughs> Do you know what month and year? December 2009, it'd be Jarrah show. <laughs> Excellent work. Uh, <laughs> didn't even take all that much time. Got, got right through it. Um, any other thoughts before I now go to the end of this? Um, no, I'm good. My best friend stepped away for a second. Yeah, he had some uh, domestic uh, (laughs) responsibilities to take care of. I guess that's one of the hazards of doing this on Skype from our own houses is sometimes 
actual life gets in the way. Um, he, had to, he had to travel to Pal Pal Town. Yeah, that may be what it, what it was for. Uh, so, Joel Embiid, uh, come and trust the process with us. You will always be invited. LeBron, I know I uninvited you for a few weeks. The hiatus on inviting you on the show has been lifted. So, as I've said for the last few weeks, you're welcome to sit on the throne on Matt Madness. Um, so, that's the show. Go back and listen to some of our th- old throwback Madness shows, our old unsanctions. Subscribe on iTunes, five-star ratings and reviews. Alo, you might as well move a little merch. Yes, whatamaneuver.net to embrace the madness. And check out Ronnie vs. the World, available on iTunes, Podbean, and Stitcher. And <laughs> fantastic you. job on the Philadelphia Eagles this week, Ronnie. <laughs> I appreciate I, that. I forgot the word that you used, but I meant to say it about Vince today. But you, you used <laughs> the word uh, hubris. There you go. <laughs> Yes, I, cannot I, I, take I, I, correction, thinks everything he does is right, thinks everything he does is the best thing ever. Yeah, I meant I meant to go back and listen to it again so I can <laughs> insert that word in my in my reviews of all in. But yeah, hubris. But uh yeah, I I, I, I like the whole story of the Eagles that you told about oh, about the whole brotherhood and how it's inspirational because with the whole Malcolm Jenkins and Chris Long thing. I, I, I thought you did a great I thought you did a really good job. And I, I kind of and like your your whole little small small um, part about Colin Kaepernick and the whole um, athlete's voice and stuff. At this point, I just feel that the af- I just feel like this whole thing has been hijacked. And a lot of times, we don't know what the athletes are even like protesting. Is it uh, racial injustice or is it against Donald Trump? Right, so, right. Because because I'm like. <laughs> Because that's just how, when I look at it, I'm like, are you kneeling or, or speaking out for this or because Donald Trump keeps calling you out? Right. Like, yeah, and the original intent was for racial equality. And yeah, and then Like Trump you said, the, the, there have been so many people that have changed what the message is, whether it's some people saying it's, it's they're protesting the flag or they're protesting the United States or they're protesting the anthem or protesting the troops. It's been, it's been twisted around by so many different people. Um, but yeah, the idea of brotherhood I thought was important because, and I I hope I made this clear of like in our country, we have so many people fighting against each other and nobody's willing to like extend a hand to the middle. And like that team found a way to do that. And I really believe that's a big part of why they won the Super Bowl. So thank you for that. I appreciate you plugging the show. Um, that is the show for this week. Congratulations to Cody. Congratulations to the Young Bucks. Congratulations to everybody that was on the card, Stephen Amell included. Congratulations to everyone who made the trip to Chicago and had an awesome weekend. I am really happy for everyone, the entire 11,263 or whatever, and I hope everybody who watched around the world like me on their TVs had as good of a time as I did. Uh, that is the show for this week. For X- oh, one more, oh, yeah, one more thing, Rob. Mm-hmm. One thing about Stephen. One thing about Stephen Amell. Yeah. Stephen Amell, you did not fail this city. <laughs> is that an Arrow reference? Yes. Is that worth me catching up on at some point? What that reference? Uh, no, no, the show itself. Ah, uh, all right, so. Alright. Season two is the best. Mm-hmm. I'll put it that way. But the first three seasons, they're good. Season two's the best. Season four is trash. Season five's okay. <laughs> I haven't finished season six yet. 
But season two will will uh, will will hurt you. I'm telling you, there's there's some stuff that's going to touch you. Like you might you might cry. <laughs> Knowing serious. me, there's a good chance I will. Yeah, I'm not joking. Season two, at the latter portion of season two, you will you will cry. I'm telling you right now. <laughs> well, that alone makes me at least willing to watch the first couple seasons. Yeah, the first you go watch like the first three, but season two is the best. All right, I will keep that in mind. Uh, I did, I never got around to watching Chrisley, so I'm making a promise and a guarantee right now. I forgot about it until right now. When we record the show next Wednesday night. I will have a review of one episode of Chrisley Knows Best. It is a stone cold promise that that will happen. In a rock guaranteed. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Perfect way to follow that up. So, for Ek2 Fly, Eric Trambicki. For Mr. Wednesday Night Live, we call him Alo. The ladies call him Balo, Aaron Lloyd. I am Ron Pashery. And we will see you next week. They talking all of they talking all of they hop on the top rope by the land with his elbow. Got him now, put him down right now, hit him with the palm handle. Tuning up the band, y'all don't understand. This is Superman, it's a summer slam. Here we go again, fans mocking man. Man, I hate my balls, shut the Vince McMahon. It ain't safe to land, off the cell. Fans love it, ain't hard to tell. Talking madness, awesome well. What I'm cooking, man, y'all are.